Hi, everyone. Oops. <laughs> Hi, welcome to my pleasure. I think it's episode 12. I think I say I think what episode it is every single week, and I never fact check. So that's cute. Wait, that actually brings me to this topic, which is like, what is a thing that you like every time you come across it, you're like, I need to do blank. Like, I need to put this hand sanitizer in my purse. And then four weeks go by and you still haven't done it. Like, those little things like that, they suck. And they're inescapable. Anyone who says they don't have things like that, I'm like, you are not a human. You're part alien. Okay. So, welcome to my pleasure. Let's get it popping off. First of all, we were live streaming on a Tuesday because I had a migraine on Monday, but we'll be back to regularly live streaming on Mondays. Um, Thanksgiving is coming up, so there's some Thanksgiving-related content today, perhaps. Let us go. So I'm going to talk to you right now about my anti-sadness this week because that is a very simple one and it's been something that has become very necessary for me this weekend because I wrapped this movie and I just felt mentally so excited to have all this time on my hands and to do so many different fun, exciting things I've been wanting to do. Literally, I say exciting, but it's like walking, reading, writing. But then my, so my mind is excited. My body has been really just so fatigued and zombie-like, sludgely. Like it just has not been able to function. And so I've been the past like four days now, just like mostly in bed. You know, I rallied to go to the comedy store on Saturday night, which felt impossible um, I've just been so physically tired and Dave was saying how it makes sense because I've had all this adrenaline. I've been shooting the movie for four weeks. It's been sometimes 17 hour days. And so my body's just kind of like, whoa, bitch, you need to rest, which is such a foreign concept to me because I'm like, my body is strong and young and good. It should be able to do whatever I ask of it. But from what I'm learning and particularly about if you have a menstrual cycle you have a few days of the month where you are sludge not even just your period but like the days before it you have low energy and so that's also hitting me at this time so I've just had a really particularly hard couple of days but because of that because I feel whenever I feel physically like there's nothing I can do I really rely on screen time So when I'm doing that, I'm going from my iPad to my phone, back to, you know, a little YouTube, a little Hulu, a little, you know, and my brain just starts to go away and it gets fuzzy and like nothing is enough and nothing is, everything is boring and nothing is not boring. And it's just like my brain gets fried. It doesn't make any sense. And so my anti-sadness this week is like after having a weekend of laying in bed and like staring at too many screens, it's like, whoa, Whenever I get that feeling of like, ugh, this is like screen fatigue, I am just going to take a five-minute break of nothingness. And nothingness sucks. But if you set a timer on your phone and you sit there or you lay there and you close your eyes and you just 
let your brain go where it needs to go, but your eyes are closed so you're not getting like that annoying eye screen stimulation that we know and love so much. It really is a refresher. It's a it re, it's a reset button. It really works. So that is an anti-sadness for me because believe it or not, but too much screen time can really make me bummed the fuck out. And so even a five minute break could lead to me being laying there and be like, I think I need to go do some chores. You know, it doesn't mean after five minutes you're going straight back to, to the screen. <clears throat> it just means you're giving yourself that break and maybe you do go back to the screen, whatever. That's my anti-sadness this week. Wait. Oh my God, I forgot I actually had two anti-sadnesses to choose from. And I think I wouldn't have chosen that one, but I did. And I'm going to give you the second one, which I think is like trigger warning because I know people don't love like food talk sometimes because they're, I I don't even know. But for me, the other anti-sadness this week is because I'm coming off of shooting this movie where I was really, really busy. I didn't have any free time. A really big key at a moment like this in my life is establishing a routine because I go from, um, we'll give the analogy of like the rock star tour life where you're in a different city every night and you're surrounded by fans and, you know, that is like you could have, and then you go and then you're off the tour and you're, I'm literally thinking of Tommy Lee because my friend Brittany Furlon is married to Tommy Lee and she was explaining this to me. And then like you come home from your rock star tour and you have nothing going on and you're just like, wait, what? And you have to like fill the time. And obviously I don't, ugh. I'm just using that dram- dramatized analogy to be like, whoa, I was really busy and now I'm not. And it's essential to like establish a routine to fight honestly to it's an anti-sadness so one of the things i wanted to really do in this routine this week is eat the same thing every day for breakfast and for lunch and then dinner like whatever and it's not this isn't like a diet thing this is more like an ease of thinking and like comfort in a routine and that just because i kind of like cooking easy things now um so that's the vibe is I want to eat the same. I don't know exactly yet, but like I want to eat the same thing every morning and every day for lunch, for breakfast and lunch. So, um, oh, someone commented, I'm surprised you're not a huge hot tea girl. I would think tea is your thing. Damn, it actually pains me that you say that because I, ugh, I wish so bad to be a tea girl. And I, you know what? You know when you want something so bad, it's like, it's too deep within you that you don't even think about it. That's how I feel about being a tea drinker. Like I, I would just love to be an expert on different flavors, different caffeine levels, different heating ways. I would love to be a tea girl. I have gone through green tea phases for sure. Like the Starbucks green tea with no sweetener. Like the, that just, like literally used to get me high. Like, that was my drink. I love the taste. And you walk around with it and it gets melted from the ice and everyone thinks you're drinking piss and they tell, they love telling you. And you're like, no, it's just green tea. And then you feel like a child because you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't drink coffee. But anyways, I drank my piss colored green tea for years. It slayed. We were besties. Now I drink coffee. So tea is kind of like not, it's not as thrilling as it once was. That said, a decaf tea at night, a decaf hot tea routine at night, 
damn, now that's a life goal. Now there's a goal. There's some hot girl homework. There's some like, make me a British, make me British royalty status. That's how I would feel if I drink tea every night. So, um, but that's not in the cards for me, but I will think on that and meditate on a way to make that happen for myself. Honestly, iced tea is so much better tasting than hot tea. Hot tea is too hot. It's either too hot or lukewarm. You have like 30 seconds where it tastes good and that is just... It's, I hate being stressed out when I'm consuming something. Like, I want to be able to go slow and luxurious. This is why I never get an ice cream cone. I always get an ice cream in a cup because I don't want to be fighting the clock, fighting the heat, fighting the melting, like having to lick fast, worrying about it dripping onto my hands. I just don't want to be in a rush. And worst of all, I don't want sticky ice cream on my hand. I won't feel comfortable. Am I? Whoa. Am I, do I have OCD? Is it possible? Because the thought of being sticky, it like, it destroys me. It makes me unable for my brain to function. Being sticky is horrible. If I'm sticky, I'm going straight home. There's no more fun. The party's over. Everyone's going home and I'm going in the bath. Okay, we're really just running wild today. So let's talk about my crush of the week. My crush of the week is actually a person who I worked with on my movie. Side note, the movie is called Drugstore June. I will keep you guys obviously so posted on when it's going to come out, like on all that stuff. So stay tuned for that information. Um, it, story unfolding, but we made this movie and there's a the crush is kind of this person's job, but also this person. Um, basically, there is this role on a set in a crew, and it's called the script supervisor. And if you work in this business, I'm sorry. It sounds like I'm like just I'm just sorry if this is cringy, but I do think this is worth explaining. So a script supervisor, their job is to just like literally make sure continuity for the movie constantly makes sense so for an easy example we all know that game of thrones incident where there was a starbucks cup on the shot in the filming of game of thrones like you can see it if you go on youtube like a script supervisor is a person who's supposed to be like oh no get that out of the frame or oftentimes in the movie i would like hold a i would hold a phone and she'd be like, well, in the last take, your fingers were here on the phone. So she's like very detail oriented, having to pay attention to everything and making sure there's no mistakes. And then also same goes for like the story of the script. Like, you know, there'll be times where maybe I would drop a line and she'd be like, oh, I noticed you dropped that line, but that line, we might actually need it because of this reason. What do you think? And then we have a conversation about it. And the reason that I, this role is the, my crush of the week because, is because there's something about that person on set giving me notes that are so specific that I can like easily implement. And then it has become this like mutual successful exchange. So it's like 
someone tells me an easy thing to do and fix and then I do it and then she's so happy and I'm so happy and it's just like a really fulfilling dynamic for me and the girl who was a script supervisor on our movie I saw her at the wrap party and we had this really fun chat about like she was so complimentary of me which I honestly suck at continuity like in fact you will probably notice oftentimes like I don't choose to hold props I don't choose to move around a lot when I don't have to because I I want to stay I don't want to fuck it up and I, it's hard for me to like memorize body movements, which is weird because I was a dancer and whatever. But I still do it and I have done it, but like I do it probably less often than others. And so it was really validating for her to say that I did a good job with it because I really am a slob and I struggle. So I feel like I made improvements. So I have a crush on her because she said I did something good. Hmm. That's not problematic. Um, that's not insecurity. Okay, we'll just move on. My taste of the week is, oh my God, it's so based on my Italy trip. I've, this has probably been a taste of the week before, even though I've only done 12 episodes so far. Bro, okay. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and the tomatoes are just so good and you're like, wow, why are some tomatoes so good? And then I go at home and go to the grocery store and my tomatoes suck. They're never good. Like, I'm, woe is me. My life will never be nice. I figured it out. The reason the tomatoes taste so good at the restaurants is because they put a ton of salt and pepper and olive oil on the tomatoes. And for some reason, that makes them taste like they're worth $30 a bite. It's crazy. The tomatoes don't have to be that special. They don't have to be organic, garden-ripened. They they can just be little cherry tomatoes. It doesn't matter what the fuck they are. Obviously, the quality varies, and sometimes they're not amazing. But honestly, if you add a really nice, high-quality olive oil with salt and pepper, it tastes like a $30 bite. It's so good. It's my taste of the week. It's such a luxurious treat that's it. You're welcome. You probably already knew this, but, but like now I know it. And so now you know it again. My hot girl homework for myself is I'm going to wear, bitch, I'm going to wear earrings every day this week because I, uh, this episode is a lot of themed of like, I, was shooting a movie and now I'm not. And so I couldn't wear any of my own jewelry, any of my own clothes. And so this week I'm really just psyched to like wake up every morning, put like some hoop earrings in and just feel like myself and feel like I'm making my own choices and get inspiration on throughout my day from just like dressing how I want to dress. Okay. Not that I don't love, I love what I did. I love acting and doing that stuff, but I also love returning to normalcy. <clears throat> okay, let's go to top five. So it's Thanksgiving next week, and I thought as a travel expert, as someone who flies all the time, um, I thought I would share with you guys that my my top five things to do on a plane. I think you might find these very basic, 
But if you are about to to fly or travel for the holidays, like you're going to want a refresher on these and you're going to want a little bit of a strategy. So here we go. The first thing I do is I load my iPad with videos. So that means I go on my Netflix, I go on my Hulu, my HBO Max, even though that app is doesn't work that great. And I download things to watch onto my iPad. Sometimes I'll go on Apple, I'll even buy a couple things. I know at some point on YouTube Premium, you can download things. I've never figured out how to do it, but download videos and you don't know what kind of mood you're going to be in. So like you kind of need to get some variety in there. The next thing I do is I load my phone with podcasts and I go for variety. I go for like a funny one, a healthy one, you know, an educational one. Like you want to be prepared for any kind of mood you might be in. Next, I bring a book. I don't like to bring more than one book because I usually don't read much of the book when I'm on my trip anyway. This time I hope that's different. Um, and so I don't want to be carrying multiple books and then get back and be like, I didn't even read one of these. Like, fuck you. You're, you made me carry this in my head to myself. And so I'll pick one book. I know what you're thinking, Esther, get a Kindle. I'm just not there yet. Like, I'm old, you guys. Like, I like magazines and I just like it. It's like how people like, Carlos likes the ritual of smoking a joint, okay? I like the ritual of looking at words on paper and highlighting and writing notes. I like books. So I'll pack one book. Right now, I'm kind of half reading like five books, which I hate doing, but I just have given in to who I really am and that's how I'm doing it. I'll pick one. The next thing, I bring a notebook. Again, pen and paper, it's a ritual. I like it. Sometimes I'm on a plane and I'm just like, ugh, I'm bored. I just want to like write how, just write about how bored I am. So I will bring my five-star notebook and do that. And then the last thing on my list, which is not something I've done on a plane, and I don't even think it would work, but I'm putting it out there just to myself as a maybe, is coloring. Because I got some... <laughs> I got some pretty sick markers, and so I am intrigued at the thought of coloring on a plane. Now, it's probably really hard to stay in the lines. It's probably, like, pretty obnoxious. Um, honestly, probably better for if you're flying first class, but then you're a person flying first class coloring, and that's just, like, a, that's just a look that isn't, like, ideal. Not that I always fly first class. I don't. It's kind of rare, but okay. That's your top five. My way of flying on a plane. That's not how to say it, but honestly, okay. The But I do want to follow up with that. Like one thing I do notice when I fly is I'm never in the mood that I think I'm going to be in. And that's why I really emphasize multiple genres of videos, multiple genres, genres of podcasts. Um, You really I can never predict the mood I'll be in 10 a.m. on a Tuesday flight or, you know, 7 a.m. on a Saturday flight, 5 p.m. Like, I just don't know what I'm going to feel like after I sat through security, after I didn't get enough sleep. Like, I just never can predict it. And so variety, variety, variety. Because I can't tell you how many times I get there and I'm like, I can't wait to watch the new season of Handmaid's Tale. And then I'm on the flight and I'm like, I do not, I am not in the mood. 
and then you're screwed if that's all you downloaded. So, variety. Okay, let's talk about some notes I took this week. Okay, I have, I'm canceling something. I've decided to cancel a common bit that I see online personally, just for myself, you know, absolutely, you do you. This is a personal cancellation. I'm canceling ever doing a bit online or in person where you go, I'm at a fancy thing, but I'm acting like a fool. Okay, we've all seen it. Okay, people are like, I'm at a party, but I'm only talking to the dog. I'm a weirdo. I guess I'm at the kids' table. Oh, my God. All these people at this party are so boring. I'm just focusing on the food. Okay? We've all seen this. Here's the deal. It's not weird or unusual or quirky to only want to talk to the dog or to only want to eat the food. It's actually kind of all it's like how everyone feels so to do those things and act like you're some psychopath weird fuck who doesn't want to talk to others it's like let's stop acting like that's the crazy version that's that's like how everyone feels so i say be the person of the party who's only talking to the dog but it's like own it own that spot don't make it like a i'm a pathetic loser or like we don't know how to use the forks (laughs) haha then just use them wrong okay i know this is a little hatery but it is totally projection because i have been so guilty of this and i just personally don't want to take that road anymore i i don't i i choose something else i don't know what but not that And so I just wanted to like, for my own accountability, share that with you guys and be held accountable. It is not weird to only want to eat the appetizers and then leave. It's not strange to follow the guys around who are holding the app trays, okay? It's not even weird if they know that you're following them and then they always bring it to you first and give you special treatment. That's also not weird, okay? That's like cool as fuck. It's cool as fuck to sit at the kid's table. It's, all of these things are very normal and very cool. So let's stop pretending like they're not, okay? Now I want to tell you guys something that I don't want to tell you. It's about a recurring dream that I have. And I think I might have talked about this before. And I'm just going to pretend that I have if I haven't because I don't want to face like what it feels like to to talk about this. Even though it's really not that big of a deal, but there's something vulnerable about it because it's so raw and real. But I have this recurring dream and it happened to me again recently. And it's that I wake up on the last day of school. It's the last day of my senior year at high school and it's the morning and I'm choosing my outfit and I'm packing a lunch and just like preparing for the last day of school. And I feel like I agonize over each little decision that I make. 
I agonize over what I am going to dress in and what socks I'm wearing. Like, I'm just putting in so much detail into what I'm going to wear. And then there's always like a scramble about how I'm going to get to school. And like, I really want to borrow a car, but I can't quite find one to borrow. And I need my mom to make me lunch. And I think she does. And then like, I'm looking for other snacks and I need money for food. And like, I'm always like, it's just like very unprepared, but trying to hyper prepare for the last day of high school. And I don't know why. Like, I don't understand what this dream is, what it means. Like, I never, I've never really had the one where you didn't study for the test. I haven't had that one. I've never had the teeth falling out. I do have like weird stuff on planes. That's another one. I definitely have like you have to go back to school. That's a big recurring one. Another big recurring one is like not being able to um, see my childhood best friend when I'm in town. But like this last day of school one is kind of new. And I don't know what it is. Is it? It's like, is it an obsession with wanting one more day? one more chance to go back that seems likely but I don't know and I also like sort of don't even want to fully know but I do think now that I'm saying that out loud that might be it I don't know but I, I am curious to hear from you guys like have you ever had a recurring dream like that do you have recurring dreams at all if you do what kinds do you know what they mean I think together we can like sort of crack the case on what's going on inside our heads if if we just like team up and maybe do a Google search or two. I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to Google. Hold on. Let's see. Okay, I typed it in. A dream of a dream about last day of school represents a new birth and big changes in your life. You are unaware of something important that may be right in front of you. Things have a way of catching up with you and you must deal with them or live with the consequences. The dream is an evidence for spiritual peace and tranquility. Opportunities and doors are being opened. Holy shit. Last in a dream is a message for your need to be cleansed. Ew. Perhaps you are going about a problem all wrong. You don't need to be afraid to turn to someone for help. Whoa. You need to learn to prioritize balance and and balance aspects of your life. Okay. Wait. Was that reading about the right one? Why do I keep dreaming about school? No, that's not it. Um, Oh my God, there's a whole Reddit thread. Oh my God, constantly having dreams where it's the last day of school. I'm 25 for crying out loud. Okay. Man, I have had that theme so many times in so many various ways. Um, I think my dreams have used this theme when I'm trying to escape from old patterns of thinking and feeling by working through them. There are things probably started around high school age and to get a chance to finish them. I don't know if that's maybe you are going through a learning phase and the thing you need to learn is overdue. Ooh. 
Okay, I'm no expert, but generally dreams about being back in school show a fear of the future. That's why in those dreams you've forgotten your locker combination or forgot what class you're supposed to be in. It's a recreation of anxiety that we all felt on a real level at that age. Again, I'm not an expert, but I just like to decode my own dreams. Okay, honestly, nothing here is like striking me that hard, but it's, it's all feeling like generally in a correct area. Um, people are saying on this chat that they're feeling lost in a school, feel like it's being unprepared for the future. I think it's really about wanting like one more chance at something, but I don't even think that the one more chance at something is that, um, I think it is, I think the dream is more literal than you would normally think because I think I do want one more day in high school. Like I think I want to get another chance at that and like really appreciate it and indulge in it. And it makes me think of this episode of the Twilight Zone that is one of my absolute favorites. I think it's called Kick the Can. Let's see. And you know, it's these these guys are in like a retirement home and they're all like um there's a group of them that are like they want to pretend they want to like relive their youth and play the game and then one guy doesn't want to play and then all the ones who wanted to play like turned young here you know what instead of fucking explaining a thing that i don't know that well i'm gonna read it to you on the wikipedia okay I'll even read you the opening narration. Sunnyvale Rest. I'll do my impression of what's-his-face. A home for the aged, a dying place, and a common children's game called Kick the Can that will shortly become a refuge for a man who knows he will die in this world if he doesn't escape into the Twilight Zone. Okay, that meant nothing to me because I never understand those, but it's always kind of fun that you don't understand them because then you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm stupid. Okay. Charles Whitley, a retiree at Sunnyvale Rest Home, thinks he has discovered the secret of youth. He is convinced that if he acts young, he will become young. His oldest and best friend, Ben Conroy, whom he has known since childhood, thinks he is going crazy and is able to persuade the home superintendent, Mr. Cox, that this is the case. Mr. Cox decides to put Charles in in isolation and under observation. Ben tries to convince Charles to act as sedate as the other residents in order to avoid this fate to no avail. What? While Ben sees aging as an escapable fact of life, Charles is convinced that Ben's thinking of himself as old is what makes him old. Okay, you get it so far. One guy wants to pretend he's young. The other guy is like, fuck that. You're old. Let's just be old. Okay. Then that night, Charles, the guy who thinks he's young, convinces a number of residents to play a game of kick the can with him. He tries to talk his friend Ben, the guy who's like, no, we're old, bitch, shut up, into joining them, but he refuses. The residents light a firecracker, throw it out the window, and the noise draws the nurse's attention so they can sneak out the door. Okay, they created a diversion, they sneak out. Meanwhile, the angry old guy alerts someone else that the residents are up to it. Like, he he tattles. The The mean old guy tattles. And then the people who work there run outside. And what do they find? A group of children playing kick the can. 
And then they realize that one of the children is Charles and he has, he has become young again. And then the old guy is like, take me with you. And the boy's like, I don't know you. And then they look for the other elderly residents and they're not there. And that's that. They became young because they believe they were young. And honestly, this episode is like, it's so gut-wrenching. It's so fucking heart-wrenching gut. It's just like, because I can't, ugh, you, got, you gotta watch it. I mean, maybe you understand why based off the Wikipedia. Like, it's like one, they become kids and then the other guy's left behind because he didn't believe. And like, I don't know specifically what they're, the, there's obviously a metaphor there, but like, I don't know what it is specifically because like obviously you can't be old and believe you're young and then become a kid but I do think you can choose to like feel young still which is something that I think I kind of do I mean <laughs> I'm so stunted and when you see my movie you'll really be worried about how stunted I am but oh I bring this up because I really think the dream is related to this because the dream is like, I'm just desperate for like one more go at it. And that's kind of like what happened in the dream. I don't, in the, in the episode. <laughs> okay. I'm getting hot. I need to take off my sweatshirt. Hold on. Hold on. I lost donut. Okay. Okay, so a lot going on here. The other exciting thing is I got my nails done and it really adds a lot to my self-confidence. And I hate admitting that because then like when a nail breaks, your life is just crushed and you're I'm just playing this risky game of having my heart broken when I accidentally like nick a nail on a knife or like pull something with you using just my nail and it breaks off and it hurts and I look it looks bad like that risk is there but for these this calm before the storm of the nails going bad I'm really enjoying them and I'm gonna post I did post them on my Instagram story but I'll I'll post them again so you guys can see but they're like it's half uh, it's like a French manicure, but it's like a dark wine burgundy color. And I had it, it's matte. So it really does kind of look like blood or like, um, nylon. I don't know. I'm just into it. And I'm ram, I'm rambling. It's the first day of my period. I can't even believe I'm sitting upright. So take that. Okay. And then the other thing that I wrote down this week, do you find yourself when someone tells you about something new, asking them, how did you find out about that? Like, think of, like, I don't know how people find things out anymore. Like, you could say the internet, but that's too broad. Everyone's internet experience is so vastly different simply 
because we go to different websites, because your algorithm it couldn't be more different from the next person's. Like everyone's online experience is so different that I'm constantly tr- in this rat race of trying to figure out how everyone knows what they know. Like think about the last restaurant you went to recently. How did you hear about it? it was it a friend? Was it Instagram? Was it TikTok? Was it a podcast? Was it a coworker? Was it a TV show, a commercial? Like there's just, we have so much information coming in from all different angles. Was it something you drove by? Was it a place that just opened near where you work? Like it just blows my mind that there's so many options out there for everything that I'm always wanting to know where people are finding out their information. And, and it is a rat race. Like, it's almost pointless. It's become pointless to ask that question because you can't, you just can't follow everything. And that is why, like, I do consider, like, if you give your time to this podcast, like, I do want to help enrich your experience in life and, like, have recommendations and stuff. You know, it's kind of hard because I live in LA and like not everyone lives here. And obviously I haven't, I'm not like sitting on any new exciting wrecks. I would tell you. Um, but if that is something that you guys want more of, I'm here for you. I got you. And then somebody had asked me this week, like we're missing makeup, beauty, like skincare, health stuff from you. Like what do you got for us? And I have, I have something. So I don't really like have a, mm, I'm not fully prepared to talk about makeup right now, but there is a skincare thing that I'm ready to like re-up on. And I started it this weekend. I'm going to do it like, I think, you know, once a week or every few days for a couple weeks and then take a break. But at home microneedling, I just buy like a little, you just type in like microneedle, whatever on Amazon get I just got like the cheapest one it's probably like between 13 and $25 and um I think when you get it you're supposed to like sanitize it in alcohol and you have to be careful there's like all these people online they're like it causes tears in your face like you have to be so fucking careful I would never do it at home I would only go to a studio like those people are out there to scare you I'm not that precious with my face like it's fucking skin it's hair it's skin it's nails they grow back, okay? I'm not like sawing off a, a, a finger. It's just like little needles poking my skin. And I do believe from what I've read, it seems like that will help kind of like give your face a glow. Um, you know, sometimes it makes my skin peel. It can make you maybe more sensitive to the sun. Like I think everything in skincare, you just have to always be careful that it's going to make your skin more sensitive to the sun. Wear sunscreen. I don't always wear sunscreen in the winter because um, I like to give my face a break from it. I know that's a mistake, but I just want you to know I'm not, I'm not perfect the way I sound. So I microneedle. I kind of go to town on it. Like I really just... I'm looking to prick and prack and like get in there and and upset my skin and like get it, get it like all energized and get it in a fight with me. You know, I'm like, hey, skin, like I'm going to prick you. And then my skin's like, oh, no, you're trying to hurt us. Well, we're going to grow back better and stronger. And it's like, oops, that's what I wanted. I got you. So micro needling, 
I'm pretty chill about it. I definitely think do your own research. Like, not everyone is as chill about needles on their face. I know I got one for my mom, and I think she was, like, terrified to use it. And I still don't even think she's tried it, even though she wanted it. Um, Which I get it. Like, I get it. I think it's really good to be cautious with that stuff. I think that kind of shows that you're a wise person when you're cautious about trying new things. Unlike me, an idiot who heard about ephemeral tattoos, which are tattoos that last a year to 15 months. And I'm just like, I'm going to get four of them. But I'm like, they just were invented. And then there's like lawsuits about it now because they're not going away. <laughs> which, just to be clear, I don't care about that. I hope they stay. Like, I, I like my tattoos. I don't want them to fade. I'm sad that they are fading slightly. But um, the example is like, oh, well, maybe when like a new technology of something that is like permanent and goes into your skin, like maybe wait a beat. But this was one where I was like, I can't wait. But I, I do typically like I don't like to me, Botox and filler still feels like a little new. I don't want to try it, even though that's bullshit. It's not. It's fine to do but again here i am first in line for the new tattoo invention and guess what there's lawsuits so be careful out there it's tough out there you guys thank you so much for joining me i appreciate you i love hearing your feedback constructive positive constructive and difficult to share i'm here for it this is a conversation this is a back and forth we're all in this together i think you're a smart creative cool person if you're listening to this and um i'm oh my god my tour is like two weeks away that is insane i san francisco sold out thank you guys so much seattle is very close to sold out portland i know there's still some tickets left Tickets are at estaurantice.com. I will be in Phoenix in January. So if you're in Portland, Seattle, or Phoenix, you can get tickets at estaronice.com. It's going to be really fun. I'm going to do long, fun Q&As after. Like these are all, um, Portland and Seattle are like one night, one show a night. So, and they're in theater. So it can really, it's really going to be like my time to just like have everybody hostage and just talk and have fun. And, um, my special, my stand-up special streaming on YouTube. You can watch that. Uh, just type in hot for my name, Comedy Central, you'll find it. And you guys, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. And I will see you next week. And we'll be gobbling, gobbling cranberry sauce from a can if, if we should be so lucky. <laughs>